I also think that the uh, rental marketing channels will become more competitive, putting pressure on multifamily marketers to not only generate leads, but leases uh, and show that, show the proof there. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we provide an insider's look into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we take a deep dive into the technologies and strategies that have helped companies overcome operational challenges and increase the value of their multifamily investments. So without further delay, let's get into today's discussion. Hello and welcome back to Sink or Swim. It's Nicolina here, RentSync's resident content marketer and co-producer of Sink or Swim, back for a special year-end wrap-up of season one. And I've got Mitch Fanning here today, our usual host in the hot seat to chat about the last 13 episodes of the podcast and our hopes and dreams and ideas for season two. So Mitch, welcome. It's great to be back on the mic with you. Thank you. That intro, it's a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know. if <laughs> We'll take it question by question. So, I mean, the last time we were here, it was for our kickoff episode of Sinker That's Swim. right. And it was during the first few months of what has now been almost a year long pandemic. So I can't believe how quickly time has kind of gone. It's been the longest, shortest year, I think, of everyone's life. No um, but uh, we've been able to, you know, put out a lot of content for multifamily professionals. So I'd like to take this opportunity to, to chat with you about what we've learned during this first season and from the guests and the insights we've cultivated. I've got a few questions lined up that I'm sure you've also been thinking about throughout this podcasting journey. Um, so are you ready for this year end wrap up, Mitch? I'm ready. Let's kick it off. Okay, great. So my first question for you would be, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned hosting a B2B podcast in the multifamily and rental housing industry? That's a great question. So I, I think I've learned something from each guest. The one thing I've learned overall is just how much the industry has changed over the last five to 10 years. Right. But, but more importantly, how much it's actually going to be changing over the next three to five years and beyond. A couple of things I've learned. I've learned that the investors and the, the owners, when I say owners, I'm talking about, you know, the, the big pension funds that have come in that have given money to these asset management companies to, to manage. They've definitely become more demanding over the last right. five to 10 years. They're looking for more data. They're looking for more, you know, uh, more returns. So they have certain expectations because they've, they've been investing in, in other asset classes. The other thing that's interesting is I've noticed that the property managers, uh, the multifamily marketers and leasing teams, as a result, have become more sophisticated, almost professionalized as a result of that. And the ones that continue to make that transition will definitely be in high demand moving forward. And I guess over, you know, as a result, the real estate tech ecosystem has just evolved, uh, obviously, yeah. right? Um, mm -hmm. It's become really complex so quickly, and operators are using that technology to not, not only optimize the the performance of the assets themselves, but they're doing it or trying to do it in a more efficient manner. So, again, it's kind of like the perfect storm for change, and obviously, COVID mm -hmm. has accelerated it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. 
like you've said in previous episode, COVID's forced us to do the things we should have been doing all along. And I think that's just such a huge takeaway from my personal takeaway from this season. So, and that's definitely true for the multifamily industry. So, Absolutely. okay, then what would you say is the most memorable takeaway? I just led into my own question there um, that you can recall from a guest this season. I think the most fun I had was actually in episode one when okay. we did when we did the episode with Jason uh, Leonard, mm -hmm. uh, David Kosky, Michael Matola, and and Max Diamond. I think just talking about the origin story and uh, their their ten year journey and just just getting together and, and chatting, uh, it was it was really cool. I actually also think, and I've heard this from a couple new employees, that it's it's actually I think it's been a good resource for people sure. who have kind of onboarded to hear that. So mm -hmm. I think that was at least the most fun I've had. Uh, I mean, obviously everyone's been great uh, in terms of to be out uh, to have interviewed, but, but that was the most fun. Okay, great. Now, sometimes after a recording, and I'm sure I'll feel the same way after this one, you think, oh, I wish I, I asked that question or, you know, you, you wish you had brought something to light that maybe came after. So do you have any regrets or missed opportunities from any of the interviews you've done so far this season? I, I really like this question. I would say not really. And one thing that's, you know, I would, I would say first is you and I put a lot of time into preparing for these and, and I, I, I actually take, you know, a good three to five hours sometimes to, to prep for these things. So we sure. definitely want to make the, the, the guests sound good. The, the only thing I would say that I have regrets or, you know, the missed opportunities is not doing more episodes. Right. <laughs> I think there is definitely based on just the feedback we're getting, there's definitely a need for this type of content in this mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I think doing more video, which I think we're going to be experimenting with more in season two, uh, and as well as just doing more, more episodes. That's fair enough. So from the conversations you've had this year, you kind of alluded to it, but maybe expand slightly on what you would say COVID has impacted the most in the multifamily industry. Do you think these changes are temporary or permanent or somewhere in between? So as a result of COVID, the thing, the two things that have struck me the most were one, just how resilient multifamily is as an asset class. And the other thing that that's really stood out for me is how much innovation has uh, actually occurred uh, in this industry, which in a way over the last five, 10 years has been a bit of a laggard, but has right. really has really accelerated. And I think that'll continue to change, uh, uh, continue to happen, sorry. And I think that's gonna be permanent. Uh, so I definitely think there's there's those two factors. Those are the ones at least have, have kind of stood out for me. And if you had to guess, what do you think is the biggest trend in multifamily or going to be the biggest trend in multifamily for 2021, which is a kind of a big question to ask, but I think that the last year has kind of dictated maybe what, where we're going to go in, in 2021 and what we'll see. Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. Now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And so, this might be not just multifamily. This could be in general as well. Sure. So I think I'm not sure about 21, but I have a few that I feel that will be kind of uh, trends moving forward. Uh, okay. Also, before I answer that, 
I'm by by no means uh, an expert <laughs> or guru, uh, no. but I think I've had the 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 opportunity to, in a way, stand on the shoulders of giants um, when interviewing some of these people. And so this is this is what I've kind of gleaned from this this experience. Number one, I think that residential real estate or residential real estate industry uh, specifically will will continue to be disrupted by technology over the next three to five years. I think people will decide moving forward to rent uh, as a choice more and more. Uh, that'll be that'll become an option that they'll they'll, they'll consider. Uh, and I think the migration to the secondary markets will continue. Right. Um, I also think that the uh, rental marketing channels will become more competitive, putting pressure on multifamily marketers to not only generate leads but leases. Uh, and show that, show the proof there. Uh, I think as a result of that too, you're going to have operators and multifamily marketers uh, who actually start to over-index on tenant renewal opportunities uh, mm. and like reputation management, not just demand as a result of that, as a result of essentially COVID. So I think you're going to see this whole resident success function come from the uh, the multifamily industry. They'll want right. to make, uh, basically, they'll want to improve on, on uh, resident experience. Uh, I think when it comes to the rental marketing uh, in particular, I think, again, I've said this before, but having high quality online 3D video tours is, is now just table stakes, uh, right. not just a nice to have. And I think that's going to extend way beyond class A's. I think you're going to see uh, some owner operators with class B's start to experiment more and more with that. And again, I, I said this earlier, but I think the tech stack in multifamily will continue to evolve and get more complex. And those multifamily marketers who can make that transition and understand that that ecosystem will help owners drive more NOI, you know, net operating income and, uh, and uh, be in, in more demand, uh, be in high demand moving forward. So for sure. Now, those are all really astute trends there that I think that you nailed. I just, I, I kind of want to expand on the whole moving to secondary markets a little bit, because I know a lot of this season, we talked about remote work with a lot of the the people that we interviewed. What do you think is going to happen in 2021 with that? Do you think that the urban metros are still going to continue to suffer in this way? Or do you think that there'll be some normalcy there or, you know, there's vaccine rolling out? So so what are your thoughts a little bit around that and how will it affect maybe construction and new builds, et cetera, in, in the next year or so? Well, again, like I'm not necessarily an expert or domain no. expert in this, but no. what I would say is this, I mean, whenever a market bottoms out, you know, there is a return back to that. So I think to really put this in, in, in simple terms that, that at least I can get my head around when rents in urban areas start to get to a certain point, you're going mm -hmm. to have people who maybe couldn't afford uh, to live in right. those areas, or um, maybe decide that they they can they can move up to a two or three bedroom for a cheaper cheaper uh, rent rate. I think you're going to see people return. I don't necessarily think the the urban lifestyle is is going to go away forever, but I I definitely <laughs> think there's been this. I think people have, you know, who who wanted to leave uh, the the urban areas 
are just right. leaving a bit earlier than than maybe right. they, they would have normally. And again, when when we get to certain rent rates, uh, when they when they kind of bottom out, if you will, you're going to see people return. Right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the hot seat. I kind of went off script there. I, but... <laughs> I, I, I know. I know you got me on that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now you've already told me what your favorite episode this season was and why. So uh, I'm going to move on to a question I really want to know the answer to. But if you could interview anyone on the show, who would it be and why? It doesn't need to be in the multifamily space, but someone you just really, really want to to speak to, and maybe they'll listen to this episode somehow, some way. Maybe I'll send it to them. <laughs> well, I think I think I could potentially get in trouble for this one, if, depending on how I answer it. <laughs> okay, um, okay. You know, you know what I would say. So I remember reading uh, an article, like I think three, four months ago. Uh, Dean Hopkins, uh, who's the COO hmm. of Oxford Property Group, in 2019, uh, Dean was tasked to lead the digital transformation at Oxford. And again, it kind of, uh, I, I may sound like a broken record, but I think people who are in the industry, who look outside the industry and, and bring in different ways of doing things, or people who are from outside the industry come into this industry will be considered thought leaders moving forward. And I think Dean is exactly that. He came from outside this industry and he's, you know, mm -hmm. he's working at Oxford and he's, he's kind of working through that change uh, in terms of moving them from a, basically moving them through that digital transformation, that uh, digital transformation phase. I, I would say his, his uh, story is a very timely one, given what's going on. So mm -hmm. if anyone's listening uh, who knows Dean <laughs> and would like to make that introduction, uh, I would be, uh, I would be grateful. Okay, great. So my last question of the easy questions are, um, is, is what, what is, what are you hoping to see for season two of Sink or Swim? You've mentioned it a little bit. We're going to try and bring some video in, but for listeners, what changes are you looking forward to? That, those are the easy questions. Those are the easy ones. Yeah. We're going to oh, get okay. into some, some tough ones later. Uh, okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, you know what? I'll make this. Uh, I'll make this simple. More episodes, more client appearances, mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm not sure if I can say this yet, but more Nick. So more you. I think. More Nick. I think, <laughs> I think. I think we're going to. We've talked about this, and we're going to be finalizing yeah. the plans in in January. But I think we're going. Your the listeners are going to be uh, hearing more of you in months to come. <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Good luck, guys. <laughs> no, I'm personally looking forward to season two. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge learning curve for for everyone, but uh, a lot of of cool insights and tactics and takeaways. I think will be put on the table for for this season two. And we've already got a great lineup of guests coming, so I can't wait for what's in store. So Absolutely. now that we've made it through the easy questions, I'm going to take a cue from Mitch Fanning's podcast playbook. We all know by now that you're the king of rapid fire questions. So this time I've come prepared with my own. Are you ready for your own rapid fire round of questions, Mitch? No, no, no I'm not. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, okay. let's do okay. it. Okay. Here we go. So number one, what fortune would you want to get from a fortune cookie going into 2021? So the way I'd answer this, I don't know if it would be uh, a fortune in a fortune mm -hmm. cookie, but 
the first thing that came to mind that I think would make a good fortune is actually the quote that's sitting uh, above me right now. And mm. that's hard choices, easy life, easy choices, mm. hard, hard life. Okay. Good one. I like it. Number two, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? That's an easy one. It would be Hawaii, specifically Kauai. And that's where I got married. Oh, okay. Very nice. I've never been to Hawaii, but I've heard incredible things. And hopefully my fortune for 2021 would be we could all travel again. Um, but yes. we'll see about that. <laughs> if you were famous, what would you be famous for? Hmm. Probably my analogies or my Mitchisms. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if that, I think the team would, would, would the team uh, agree with that? I don't know. I think so. I think we should just have a book for your Mitchisms just to, to, to introduce all our new, our new employees. Here's some Mitchisms for you to, to think about and, and the descriptions. And yeah, well, I'd say that that's an accurate statement for sure. Okay. Number four. What word would you add to the dictionary if you could, and what would it mean? Speaking of Mitchisms, I would say rent sinker. Uh, so that's okay. Rent rent sinker. So R E N T S Y N C E R, and that is yeah. a citizen of rent sink. I like it. I like it. Okay. Number five. How do you define happiness? Having coffee with my wife. That's an easy one. Oh. That's wonderful. Okay. Number six, what are you most proud of? I would say uh, seeing the people around me improve. Uh, I would also mm -hmm. say this is just the dad in me uh, teaching my daughter the value of investing early. Very good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number seven, what do you consider your biggest failure? Uh, I've had a lot of them. So that mm -hmm. was a hard one to, to, to <laughs> distill down. One thing, I don't know if it's a failure, but one thing I always kind of joke with my wife with is I graduated in, in 2000. I don't know if that's dating me, but I graduated in 2000 <laughs> in, B, in BC, Simon Fraser. Yes. And I drove back to, I promptly drove back to Toronto uh, instead of actually going to California. And so the one thing I always think about is if I would have actually drove south to uh, San Francisco in the year 2000, what what an interesting decade that was uh, in Silicon Valley from 2000 yeah. to 2010, and I was very close, and I and I didn't uh, I didn't drive south, I I, uh, I drove east, uh, right. and also too the the real estate obviously was really cheap back then too, so I'd have probably gotten a good deal on a house. So uh, I digress. Fair. So okay. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I mean that's not a failure, but definitely a, a wishful thinking. Coulda coulda woulda shoulda, but. I'm sure everything worked out the way it was supposed to anyway. Exactly. Um, <laughs> number eight, last question. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Oh, that's an easy one. My dog, Barley, uh, because, he, <laughs> <laughs> because he's pampered by my wife and uh, he doesn't have a care in the world. And I always say if I, if I could come back, I would come back as Barley. That's awesome. All right, Mitch, that's thank you for for those thoughtful responses. And thank you for taking the time to join me for our year end wrap up today. If anything, it's been fun. I think it, it's also been super informative and, and helpful too. So Mitch, well, before, any final words? Yeah, before we sign off, I just would like to thank you, Nicolina, for 
all the work you've done, including getting this show off the ground. And so <laughs> thank you and have a happy holidays. And, and as for as far as the listeners thank go, uh, the, the next episode will be shipped, uh, I think, January 19th will be the next mm -hmm. recording. So we'll be getting a lot of that off the ground uh, early January. But uh, yeah, I guess we wish everyone a, a happy holiday. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And happy holidays, everyone. And keep swimming. Keep swimming. <laughs> keep swimming. Bye. Take care. See ya. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rentsync.com slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in this show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. That's this week's episode of Sink or Swim. Don't forget to join us next time for another jam-packed episode. Thanks for listening.